and welcome to the super colorful original telecommunicated transmission, otherwise known as Scottcast. What up? We got fan favorite Ian Dixon here, and we're here to set your guys' life straight. You guys' life straight. Your 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 life straight. Your guys's. How do you say that? What's the phrase I'm looking for? Your like your life like, straight. Yeah, you're plural, supposed to. Not, yeah, yeah. You're supposed to be. You address the audience as one person. Yeah, that's the kind of thing. That's how professional broadcasters do it, and that's how I'm doing it. We're gonna set your life straight, little listener. Probably Master Charles. Sometimes Bell. Sometimes my sister Kimmy, and sometimes an unknown group of six people. That seem to keep popping up in the feed. People I don't know. They're just listening to us babble. That's exciting that we have people that we don't know listening to us. Yeah. We're, we're officially broadcasters. How do you like that? <laughs> we're Scott Castigators galore. Should we apologize in advance to those people? No. No. No apologies. <laughs> 2019 is not the year of apologies, Ian Dixon. Mm-hmm. 2019 is the year of moving forward and just doing stuff you don't have to apologize for. Let's just wipe away the slate of the past. Forget it. Mm-hmm. You sucked back then. You're going to be good now. Okay. My life has been set straight in recent events. I feel good about it. And now I'm going to spread my wisdom out all over the town. I've got some, uh, I've got some advice time. I've got some email bags here. I've got some people querying me. And because I've got my life together, and because Ian, you, you've always had your life together, it seems. (laughs) (laughs) Well, always since you've known me, I suppose, maybe. Yeah. Depending on who you ask. Yeah, it's pretty much as long as your lifespan is for me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you, didn't, you never existed until I showed up You know what they say They've got this simulation theory mm. The simulation theory Is that it's way more likely For us to be In a simulation than most other Possible scenarios mm. Because if a human being Has the logic To create a simulation Which is increasingly becoming so Then the odds that we're living in a simulation is like 99% mm. because obviously someone put us in a simulation like the Sims. And if we're in a simulation like the Sims and the only thing I'm experiencing right now and that I can experience and I can access is myself, mm-hmm. then that must mean this simulation isn't of a world. It's of a world through Scott. And that is why this broadcast is so important. This Scott cast is literally the voice of the universe. And that is... So So Scott's running the simulation? Not Scott's running the simulation. Scott is the simulation. The universe Mm. is me. And Scott Cast is the voice of me, the universe. Mm. And the universe has advice for people who ask for advice. Well, I don't know if it was actually advice. Well, it's a little bit advice. Some of them are just questions. Okay. So are you ready for the first one? Sure. Okay, email back. Are there any apps on your phone that you can't live without? Signed, Appy Gilmore. <laughs> Appy Gilmore, not with an H. Not happy, Appy. Yeah. Do you have any apps on your phone that you regularly return to? Like, oh, I love this thing. You got the Google Home. Uh, Yeah. That's technically an app. I mean, live without is strong verbiage. 
Yeah, it is. I, I don't like the verbiage of these questions. And yeah. all the verbiage can change in these questions. I could do without electronics in general, I think, for... Yeah, I could subsist on least, berries uh, and meat. Yeah, but Google Home is probably, like, the most useful app I have. It's not necessarily the one I go to most. But right. I don't, I don't really want to... Uh, endorse any of the apps i use regularly honestly yeah you know into that you're like most of the apps i <laughs> use are trash are, yeah fuck this shit <laughs> apps are trash in general and like maybe because that's your outlook that's how you view apps but you like google that's interesting well it's the most useful one that i have on my phone i think i know why man i think i know why even the callous app-hearted man such as yourself would mm. like google home why is that it's the same reason why if you want to buy a voice assistant, mm-hmm. the only logical choice is to buy Google Home or a Google-related product. Mm-hmm. Alexa doesn't make sense to buy, and Surrey is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Google Home and Google Voice Assist is the voice assist to get because Google is the only company that spent its entire existence studying and parsing language itself mm-hmm. and discovering information, which is exactly what a voice assistant is. Yeah. Google's the only one, only company that's been actively involved in doing that. They're at a point where the search engine itself can understand semantic language, like can understand mm-hmm. what things mean in what context and can sort things out and yeah. put sentiment to it. You know, it's like you could have a conversation with it. You could have a conversation. And Alexa just spies on you and tries to sell you shit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Alexa's just like uh, you're. You're trying to mark up a package, and you're like, "Damn it, I need a sharpie. Twelve sharpies ordered. Charge to your account. Thank you." <laughs> Jeff Bezos is proud. Mm-hmm. So Google Home makes sense, but at the same time, if uh, any technology is going to get to the point where it totally destroys humanity before the CRISPR kit can. Mm-hmm. It's Google Home. Yeah, it's Google AI. I wonder if if you brought your CRISPR kit over to our place and we asked Google like how to use it, if it would be a good guide, or if you're better off here on your own. I think what I'm going to do with the CRISPR kit, which I got from Sabelle at Christmas, is in line with what I want to do with Ian's Cult Kitchen. Like I think it would be cool that for the video Scottcasts, mm-hmm. the the video portions are led by the triumvirate parts. Mm-hmm. So like Scottcast is Scott, but then we're gonna have two video shows on uh, some sort of channel mm-hmm. that are led by independently Ian Dixon and Sneaky D himself. I feel like Sneaky D would be good to lead the experimentation with the CRISPR kit I got. Yeah. Good to help me design a dinosaur. Going to get beefed up like that fucked up cow we saw? Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be great. <laughs> I'm going to get beefy. Because this is actually also the most I've ever weighed, you know. Mm. I've, I have I weighed myself in Nebraska and was like, oh my God, I've never been this fat. This is the fattest I've ever been right now. You're looking at Fatty Boombastic, Mr. Boombastic over here. I'm 150 pounds of pure mm, squarminess. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm ready to destroy the world. Using the word fat in a relative way. 
I suppose, yeah. <laughs> Versus anemic, I'm really fat. I'm practically obese. And that's what I'm used to, being anemic. Mm. So did that answer your question? Oh, I didn't give out an app. Yeah. What's what's your app? You know, I've been getting into, like, when I have spare time, mm-hmm. you know, or I'm killing time or something like that. It was good while I was flying around to Nebraska and back. They have fantastic games. Mm-hmm. On the phone, and I'm not talking about like the like the Tetris ripoffs that just try to charge you five dollars for an extra life or something. Mm-hmm. I'm talking like full fledged games that used to take a whole computer run. Mm-hmm. And I've been playing this game called Ark Survival Evolved. Okay, you know what that is? No. You heard of it? Uh, you are spawned on an island wearing nothing but underwear. And on this island, it's tropical, kind of. It's got a whole slew of environments. It's got a icy mountain and a tropical beach and a lush forest and stuff. Mm-hmm. But besides all that, they're dinosaurs. You can see why you are attracted to this app. Yeah, that's right. You just kind of appear on the lost world, like as a caveman. Mm-hmm. And you, the goal of the game is just to survive. And what you do to survive is you harvest stuff and you do what people do. You you build a society. Mm-hmm. So in this game, you're surrounded by dinosaurs building a society. And it's pr- great 3D graphics. It looks like a real thing, kind of, you know, as much as it goes. Looks It, it looks like 2007 era computer game mm-hmm. graphic. Okay. Which is enough. Good for your phone, yeah. It's great for your phone. I mean, you really, you're just dawdling around. It's free. It's like 2008 era. I remember when I paid like $50 for The Sims 2, you know, and all they did was eat food out of the fridge. Yeah. So that's that. Okay. I, I, I would play, I would say like one of them crazy ass games. You can play Grand Theft Auto. You can play that dinosaur game. You could play uh, PUBG. You could probably play Spider-Man, you know. Who wouldn't want to be Spider-Man? So, and like, what good is an app unless it transports you to a magical world where you feel powerful? Most apps like Facebook, Instagram, and shit like that, they transport you to a world where you feel like you have to compete and that you're lesser than other people. Mm-hmm. You know, it seems like universally, you know, everybody, even the people with the crazy good Instagrams, where they get like 50 likes a post just right after posting a picture of their ass, mm-hmm. you know, like... Those people even say, oh, yeah, it's like I'm competing with other people posting pictures of their ass. And it's not good. No. It's not. it's not good to be thinking that way. And like, so why would you, you, they're both free. You got plenty of space on your phone. Get Spotify, listen to music, and have a game where you can blast dinosaurs with a bow and arrow you made using sheer tyranny of will. There you go. Like, is it even, is it even a toss up at this point? How people should be spending their cell phone time. If anything comes out of Scott Cass, I hope that people start losing themselves in a fantasy world more and more often. Because so I feel like it's those kind of people who I can easily convince to live in Scott Cass City with me. Mm. I just paint them the picture of what it is. A subterranean utopia with living dinosaurs acting like uh, appliances, a lot of the Flintstones. Uh, a god king who's benevolent but wise. And Ian Dixon, Arbiter of Justice, controlling the government and all that is available. And Sneaky D, up at the surface, fighting off the sun in a tinfoil outfit. 
He's like a Don Quixote of Scottcast. You ever realize that? A little bit. Either him or I am. One mm-hmm. of us is Don Quixote. We're both a little chaotic. I don't know if uh, wearing a tinfoil outfit to fight the sun is a wise decision. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but that might be what we relegate him to mm-hmm. as a role. Because once we have the dinosaurs, I don't know if there's much need for Sneaky D. I hope he's not listening to this. <laughs> that would be weird. <laughs> like, you know. He'll probably bring it up in the next Scott cast. Yeah. And it'll be like five Scott casts from now. And I'll be like, what did I say? I don't remember saying that. I didn't say that. Go home, Sneaky D. But don't actually. We got like 34 minutes left in this recording. That's what I'll say. Yeah. So. Okay. So That's, that's my advice to you about the apps. Don't go into good. a downward social spiral. How would you rate that advice on a scale of one to five? I think of avoiding the social network apps is a, a good bit of advice yeah i'd say that's uh, a five yeah we'll go five out of five i like that that's good i like your advice too they're all crap yeah you know i feel like yours is more zen than mine Mm. yours is more like they're all crap life is crap life is suffering go beyond it and that is where you will find bliss that's the feel good advice for me and dixon yeah everything's crap yeah (laughs) I like it. Everything is terrible. Oh my God. I got Sabelle news for you. Mm. What's the news? You might not like her after this. What's up? She was at some store, some like thrift store kind of place. Mm -hmm. And she sent me a picture. What was it? Bottle Jerry VHS. Perfect Mm -hmm. condition. Yeah. I was like, yeah, you got it. Great. That's awesome. You got a Jerry. We have something for those people now when they come through again. Mm -hmm. She let it go. She didn't buy it. She just took a picture and left it. Mm. Where was it? Some thrift store. Like a, it was like a three dollar find. You know, well, a Jerry. If she can tell us where to find it, we'll we'll go snatch it up. And <sighs> I don't know if it exists. Send it to the pyramid to live with the other Jerry's. It needs to live with the other Jerry's. I feel like a little distraught about this right now. I'm actually going to text her on pod, <laughs> like. <laughs> Hey, where did you see that Jerry? Where was that Jerry? <laughs> I need to caps lock this. We will seriously like go buy it. Yeah, we will. We will do. We'll do the first video special pod, mm-hmm. and it'll just be like cell phone footage and whatever, and like five minutes long. But we will go get the Jerry, mm-hmm. and we will post it, and it'll be wonderful. Yeah. But we need to know where it is, so I'm going to caps lock send a text here. Where was that Jerry? I didn't even include punctuation, just caps lock. Where was that Jerry Maguire you found? I'm sure she said it in a text, but we text too much to search Mm. the archive. It's not worth the control F. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. While we wait for that, let's let's open up the next bit of advice. Let's do it. I think we rocked the shit out of that advice, Mr. Appy Gilmore. (laughs) That was just one question in. Okay, this is an interesting one, signed by Fatty McFatterson. Mm. What's your favorite restaurant that other people don't tend to know about? I like Yemen Cafe. Yeah, Yemen Cafe is good stuff. It's just a local place, just right down the, right down the street, real easy, real cheap. That's kind of what I pick restaurants with. Yeah. Easy, cheap, accessible. How about you? I feel like you're more of a gourmand. I don't think I, I go to any that are like secrets, though. No. Like if you had to pick one, 
It's uh, the, the Jerry is in a thrift store down the block from her. Send me the address. <laughs> Caps lock. Send me. Send me the address. That's not no, not the steward. The address. Send me the address. Okay, back to the restaurant. What's, I don't know. I mean, I, do you ever eat at fast food restaurants? Yeah. You didn't look like you enjoyed that answer too much. <laughs> that was like that was like more of like a admitting it than anything. Yeah, sometimes I do. I mean, like it depends who you're asking. Like uh, our our Detroit listeners probably know all the places that I would mention, but anyone else would be like, "What the fuck is that?" Okay, say Drew's showing up. He wants to kill me, and like after he kills me, he wants to go to a restaurant. Where would you tell him to go? Like assuming you're okay with the killing. Depends what Drew likes. Send him to Nosh Pit. I think he's more into like barbecuing animals than avoiding them. Um, That's like a veggie place in Hamtramck. Yeah. When does it open? Like weekends, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I think. Do you and Brian go often? Not off, like a terribly often, but. Okay. Um, we should go there. But they got a food truck. They kind of go around other times and do all the events. And yeah, it's a good place. Um,. So he likes meat, huh? Yeah. Mm. Well, for uh, Christmas dinner, I went up to visit my parents up in uh, up there near Saginaw. And there's a place outside of Saginaw called the Maple Grill. And they do, like, farm-to-table. So my mom thought that there would be, like, vegetarian options for Bronwyn, but it was, like, just full meat menu. It was a ranch, not a farm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But it was good stuff. Slaughterhouse they they make their own beer. They, it was it was a nice place. It's always good to go to a place that makes their own beer. In Hemlock, Michigan, with population like two hundred people or some shit. Yeah. So like so like was the farm like next door farm to table? It was surrounded by farm. Okay, and it was that place to table. Yeah, they made their own beer, and like this is like the family's like extracurricular money, yeah. something they make on the side. It was like literally in a barn, but it was repurposed to be a restaurant. They had like a mason jar glasses. Yeah, the like wood fire grill. Wood fire grill. It was nice. Hipster wait stiff. Um, not out there. <laughs> no, not even there. This is like I feel yeah. like that. Like hipsters is, would go there to work this anyway. Is farmland here. They would commute from Portland <laughs> and work at the work at the farm to table in Hemlock. And they'd yeah. brag about it in Portland. Yeah, I work at the farm table in bed. I'm like, oh, you want to know? <laughs> Only the elite farmers in Michigan go to that place. Yeah. All right. So that's pretty good. I like Wendy's, man. Mm-hmm. Man, I would send anybody to Wendy's get a number six sandwich. My claim to fame in high school was towards the beginning when I was a freshman, nobody knew about the number six sandwich, the spicy chicken. There were even murmurings online that they might take it off the menu. Mm -hmm. But I started promoting it Mm -hmm. within the high school. Got dozens of people to try it, reporting back to me that they like the number six meal, the spicy chicken sandwich at Wendy's. And ever since then, ever since that boom that happened in high school, Mm -hmm. that I started, Scott from ScottCast, the universe itself, willed into existence. The number six meal spicy chicken sandwich at Wendy's is practically their flagship option. It's always on 
in the commercials. Mm-hmm. It's always prominently displayed in all their signage. And it's by far the the most quality-driven product they have. It's like they would rather lose money selling a spicy chicken sandwich and make sure the quality is... And they would sell a subpar number six meal. Yeah. If you're going to go to a fast food restaurant and eat meat from a questionable source, Wendy's number six meal is where you want to go. Yeah. And their fries aren't bad if you eat them within five minutes of ordering them. But they do cool off quickly. So They don't have a ton of Wendy's around here, though. No, they don't. The best one around Detroit and closest one to here is like in the ghetto. Mm-hmm. Not the ghetto. It's not the ghetto. But it's a Detroit on Woodward. Uh, not up by Midtown. but uh, Out toward uh, a mile there? Squirts there, but not in Ferndale. The one after Ferndale. Like, if, you, if, you're, if you're driving in Ferndale and you see a Wendy's on your right, mm-hmm. keep driving until you see another Wendy's on your right. That's the one to go mm-hmm. to. They're always a, the best quality, fresh delicious i'm about to stop this podcast right now and go get one it's always the best so that's where i would go i would go to that particular wendy's on woodward avenue okay in detroit i think there's a wendy's inside the hospital but i've never there there is and i almost i tried to go to that one with sabella one late one night it was a mistake to our frustration we pulled into the lot and this is a hospital yeah why would Yelp send us here? <laughs> Who's yelping in a hospital Wendy's? No. How bored do you have to be? We got an update about the Jerry. Mm. This is this is the shop we're going to go to. People can look it up. The Gross Point Unitarian Church Resale Shop. You're going to have to go into a church to do this. Meh. Is that okay? You're going to burn alive? Should we send Sneaky D in? I'll just wear something blasphemous. You're going to wear something blasphemous and buy the Jerry? We need to get this Jerry out in good price. (laughs) That's the only reason why it's still there. Yeah. It's because it's at a church thrift shop. Mm. And the blood-sucking Satan urchins that watch everything is terrible that put on the Jerry Maguire Mm -hmm. pyramid, they'd never go to a church thrift shop. They just watch the great Satan. Well, aren't most of the the thrift shops kind of run by... Religious organizations. Well, I feel like this one's like the basement of a church. Mm. It seems like like Salvation Army is a quote unquote religious so it's not organization. Even like a real store. It's like this church happens to sell things to yeah fund their yeah philanthropic stuff. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna you're gonna be basically paying three dollars towards some missionary position guy, some guy in towards a position guy, for missionaries. You're gonna get some s- lawyer fees to lawyer fees. Fight the That's Catholic church. No. <laughs> That's a Unitarian. Okay. I don't think they. I don't think they're in trouble yet. We don't know what they're up to. <laughs> That's still under wraps. Yeah. We can't. We we can't. We can't Scott castigate them yet. Catholics are free game. Nazis are free game. Um. Who else is free game? Now that I'm a fat person, fat people, mm. fat people are free game because I'm fat. 150 pounds. <laughs> I'm I'm like here's I'm fat skinny is what they call it. Where I don't have any muscle tone or anything mm-hmm. like that. I'm just a person who's kind of like a thin strip of gelatinous fat mm-hmm. somewhat formed into a tetrapodic shape mm-hmm. with a face and long hair 
So I, I'm kind of like an amoeba mm. like floating around with a very thin bone structure and, uh, and, and a soft gelatinous covering mm. between my internal organs and my skin. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, that's me. We got another piece of advice that we need to give. Let's hear it. Are you excited? Of course. I'm pretty excited. Do you need any advice? Uh, probably not, not nothing specific I could think of to. Well, you know, I've got my life in order, man. Yeah. If you ever think of anything I can help you with any conundrums in your mind, plaguing yourself, mm-hmm. just give them to me. I'll give you the answers. You, you spend your entire week giving little people answers, you know, take this chance to be a little person, <laughs> belittle yourself. Okay. Take advice from Scott. Okay, this one's from Calvin E. Hobbs. Okay. Do you have any hidden talents or surprising hobbies? Depends who you ask. Okay, who would be surprised? Bronwyn was surprised when she found out I could juggle. I don't know. Is that a big surprise? I don't think so. Like, That's why I never thought to mention it. How good are you at juggling? Like, What are we juggling here? Not great. I can juggle like three similarly weighted objects yeah like bowling pins kind of thing not so much bowling pins but like tennis balls okay hacky sacks hacky sacks okay so brian was surprised by your juggling abilities is there an ability that you think would surprise even the great scott from scott cast the master of this universe mm. the simulation the scott simulation nothing no. would, i don't think anything would surprise me no. like you could come out and say anything and I'd be like, yeah, yeah, he probably does that. Makes sense. Like, have you ever crafted? Have you ever crafted a weapon? Mm. Like, I'm going to cause bodily harm with this object. I don't think so. I've never done that either. But it feels like it's such a base human thing. Mm-hmm. Like, have you ever seen the 2001: A Space Odyssey? Mm-hmm. Like, the caveman goes up to the obelisk up for at the first part of the movie. And like he looks at it, it's like, oh, look at this obelisk. And then somehow that triggers him the idea to create a weapon. Yeah. And he creates a weapon and he, and he starts going to town on his tribe and these pigs and stuff like that. Like, you know, animal pigs. And so like, that's the driver of humanity. They say when humanity was born was when the first weapon was made. Mm-hmm. But I disagree. I disagree. I think, I think, I think we were crazy animals when we invented weapons. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we inspired by our insanity. Maybe like, like I think our, I think the homo sapien came about after weapons. Like, cause fire, there were other uh, yeah. species that made tools. Yeah. Yeah. Cause fire was before homo sapiens. Mm-hmm. And I feel like fire is a much more complicated invention mm-hmm. than uh, a rock with a stick. So maybe Homo sapiens don't invent weapons. We just we're we're just primitively clinging to them out of some sort of baseless security need, mm-hmm. possibly, or the world is more dangerous than we think, and we're warding off an alien invasion constantly. Do you think that's the case? Like the Illuminati is hiding aliens from us? And that's why we need weapons. Because I feel like it would just be so easy for the world to just be like, okay, no more weapons. Everything's yeah. going to be nice. But we're protecting ourselves against something. Each other? Well, if we got rid of the weapons, we wouldn't have to do that. 
Well, so that's kind of the, the conundrum with the Second Amendment. <clears throat> so we're supposed to protect ourselves from a tyrannical government, but you're not like nobody's in favor of uh, overthrowing the government with with weapons. That's uh, that's unpatriotic. Well, it's also an that's, insane idea. That's uh, the, treason. You can't do that. But you can you can murder somebody else who's like near your house or uh, yeah, castle doctrine or complexion than you. Usually, <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't seem to be a problem. Not really. Uh, but yeah, I think that's. We have this idea about what weapons are for, and then we use them for something else and kind of forbid what, how we justify them, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's a lot of, a lot of double dealing and, yeah. and, and circle bots so logic. I'm in favor of like just no weapons. But you know, here's the deal. You know, I feel like smarter minds than us have come to this conclusion. But anything can be a weapon, too. That's true. I like to have sharp knives in the kitchen because it helps me make things. But right. I could murder you with them also. And I like plasma cutters. They can like cut through metal and make any shape you want, but yeah. you can also sear someone's head off with it. Right. You know, and I like saran wrap. It keeps my vegetables nice and fresh and, and, uh, and delicious, but you could also suffocate someone with it. You could. And I like lamps, you know, they provide a lot of light for me and they mm. keep me, they keep me illuminated at night, but you could also like bludgeon off the light bulb and use it as a stabby device and cut someone's jugular and have the blood spread out everywhere. Yeah. And I like bookshelves, you know, they contain all my knowledge and my books and all, all my favorite things, but you can also um, ram it down someone's throat and cause them to choke to death. Ram a bookshelf down someone's throat? Yeah. I mean, that would make you choke, wouldn't it? If you got a whole bookshelf in your if throat. Fit it in their mouth, yeah. You might die of hemorrhaging it before that. I but probably. But still, I people would be like. going to like tip, tip it over on a toddler or something. Yeah, but I wanted to keep, I wanted to break the suspense with an unsuspected turn of events. Gotcha. I'm glad we got on this thread because I was feeling a little too calm with the lighting in here. Yeah. And our, our vibe was sort of like a little too chill for a Scott cast. Was it? Yeah. I needed um, to I needed to indulge my murder. We had to impulse. throw some murder in there. Just a little murder. Just a little murder. I've been watching I've been watching the world's best YouTuber lately, man. The world's best YouTuber. His name is Clayton Fioriti or something like that. I can't pronounce his name. Uh he's a lot like Sneaky D in that like he's a physical fitness trainer kind of guy, you know. And but his main thing is is he goes on the YouTube and he makes slideshows. Uh, and voiceovers describing intricate elements to the Jurassic Park plot. Okay. Like he's talking about the history of the Gallimimus all across the franchise. He's talking about how Trespasser is and is not canon. Trespasser being the 1995 computer video game released just before mm -hmm. The Lost World. But after uh, production started, which contains a lot of inconsistencies, he's talking a lot about all the plot holes in Fallen Kingdom that might seem like a plot hole to a normal pedestrian viewer, but in fact is a, is a key point of the plot. Hmm. Interesting. Stuff like that. He's going super in-depth in the Jurassic Park universe. He's read the Michael Crichton novels. You know, I don't know if he wrote a letter to the guy, hmm. but he's read those Michael Crichton novels, and he says they are the most frightening, gory tales you'll ever read. And it's true. He's, he described some of the events that happened. Do you know how Nedry died? I can't recall. In the book? 
first off, the Dilophosaurus isn't this cute little, you know, dog-sized frilled lizard, mm-hmm. you know, who's showing up and and uh, popping poison. Mm-hmm. The Dilophosaurus is ten feet tall, and the first thing he does is he spits the poison in his eyes and blinds him. Second thing he does is he rips his stomach open. And Nedry discovers this blind by wondering what the searing pain on his belly is and only realizing that he's holding his guts in his hand. And as soon as he realizes this, he falls to his knees and he ends up falling on the dinosaur's feet. And he notices this. And the last thought that races through his brain is he just wants this to end as the Dilophosaurus, 10 feet tall, grabs him by the side of the head and lifts him up and crunches down on his skull. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, imagine Nedry, the mailman from Seinfeld, doing that. That would be such a cool scene. There's, yeah, such a, there's a great case for Jurassic Park rated R. Yeah, I was going to say, couldn't sneak that past the sensors. No. Yeah, to make it slightly comical. Like, whoo, he's his little pole whistle when he falls. <laughs> it's cute. <laughs> oh, he's back talking that Dilophosaurus. I wonder if there are alternate takes. Yeah. You know, like, uh, PG 13 was, I can't remember if it was actually because of Steven Spielberg or if it was uh, Toby Hooper. But one of them did something. What do they do? It was either Creators of the Lost Ark. Or is that the face melty one? Mm-hmm. Okay. Or poltergeist. Okay. Both of those are rated PG. Oh, because there wasn't a PG thirteen yet. Okay. And they were debating if it should be R and either Toby Hooper or Steven Spielberg. I think Steven Spielberg actually produced uh, poltergeist, so it could have been Steven Spielberg either way. But he was just like, ah, come on, and they were like, yeah, okay, come, come on, and there's so no boobs in it. They did a PG. And then they were like, you know, we need something, <laughs> something a little in between there. Yeah. People are going to either, uh, I mean, really PG is basically what PG 13 stands for. It's just that yeah. PG, it just covers a large range, like PG parental guidance suggested. Yeah. yeah like if you want to take your seven year old to Jurassic Park, three year old, that's I, fine. I saw it when I was seven. Yeah. It was great. It's fantastic. You know, there's no horror in it, you know, but I guess people just need that, uh, Need that that official stamp yeah. of approval from the government, whether they take their kid or not, to something. Damn sheep pigs! <laughs> That's right. God damn them! All right. What was that? So we didn't really answer hidden talents or surprising hobbies. At least I didn't. Well, I guess it's surprise. It's not that surprising that I watch a YouTube channel devoted particularly. It's not surprising at all. Yeah, that's that's right in character, mm-hmm. man. Do you think I? Do you think I got something that would be surprising to the Scott Cast audience? I don't think I do. I live my life forthright. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm trying to think of a hobby that I don't talk about. When I was a kid, I used to play Warhammer games, mm-hmm. but not any Warhammer game. I played the Lord of the Rings version, mm-hmm. and because I was obsessed with the look and the aesthetics of uh, that Peter Jackson mm-hmm. trilogy, I loved it. So one day I was painting my riders of Rohan. And if you know about Rohan, you know that they're the horse, the horse riders of the, of the, the, the horse conquerors of man, you know, they, they mm-hmm. did really good with horses, I guess. And so they always ride horses. They always ride cavalry. So I was making my cavalry unit. I was painting all the horses and 
I was, I don't know. I was a teenager in high school at the time. You know, this is how I was spending my days. And like a parent of my sister's friend comes by and I'm painting away at at my calvary. Mm. And And he just looks at me and he's just like, oh, so you like painting horses, huh? And I was just like, oh, shit. (laughs) That's what I'm doing. (laughs) I don't think I painted anything after that. Yeah. You know, he wasn't like, I mean, the way he said it was disparaging inherently. Yeah. Because I don't want to be the horse guy. You know, that's pretty bad. That's that's a social pariah status somehow. How did that happen? People who, people who enjoy the equine. Mm Mm-hmm. They're, they're labeled like horse horse girls, mm-hmm. like the girls who like horses and stuff like that in high school, like the equestrian team. People are always a little, a little wary of those individuals. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Why do you think people are wary of horse people? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't. They don't come off as trustworthy to me. Yeah, they seem like they're. At least the equestrian thing is kind of uh, shifty, kind of snobby. Snobby? Yeah. Like, I suppose. Yeah, it's pretty expensive, isn't it? Yeah. It's sort of a. A bougie thing to do. Yeah. But yeah, back in the day, it was like Lord of the Rings, man. Everybody rode horses and murdered stuff. It was pretty badass. Yeah, he didn't see me painting the Uruk High moments right? before. It's just when I got the horses out to paint There's the cavalry. And I was paying attention to their coats and making sure they all had their own little distinct breed. I didn't want to make everyone like a fucking Shadow Fax or something. Some had spots, some were cute, some had a pink mane, whatever. I put a star on one's hip. Polish actually had a pretty badass cavalry back in the day. Like what's what the, what's the day like World War Two? Like um, they actually helped America win the Revolutionary War. Oh really? The Polish cavalry? Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, Kosciuszko. There's a statue of him downtown. Kosciuszko. Oh, mm-hmm. I've seen that statue. Yeah, it's not as cool as it should have been because they had like. You can go to the Polish Art Center and see, like, there's figurines of, like, the what the actual Polish cavalry look like. And they have, like, these big fucking wings. They look like uh, Vikings almost. Really? Like Valkyrie. Wow. That's pretty big badass. Big metal, like, part of their armor. Big fucking wings on their horses. Like, horsemen of the apocalypse. And you know what? They came from Poland. So, like, that journey on a boat in that time was, like, months. Mm-hmm. So they're, like, cooped up on this boat, like, with horses in giant armor wings. <laughs> and like somehow by the time they finish their journey three months in, they're pumped to fight a war against people closer to them than us. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's insane, man. I never heard of that. That's crazy. Yeah, horses can be badass. They can be. You just got to write the right, wear the right armor. Yeah. You know? Like when I'm done with like a three hour plane ride, I'm like, oh, I can't work for a week. <laughs> I need time to myself. I was just on a plane for three hours next to a stranger. I spilled my Coke on my lap and it was embarrassing. I need a week. <laughs> and these people, are fucking just going all out, man. That's insane. I got to I got to see some of these prototypes. Where's that Polish museum? Is that here? Around Campo, the Polish ah. Art Center. It's like, um, you know where Tekla's at? Huh? You know where Tekla is? Tekla. Yeah. It's like right across the street from that. Okay, here's here's the deal. This is going to be one of the first video outings we do, fan favorite and I. Okay. We're going to go see that Polish Valkyrie. 
Mm-hmm. We're gonna go to the church to get the Jerry, <laughs> and we're gonna and we're gonna celebrate a victory sandwich at uh, the vegan place, the Nosh okay. Pit. It's gonna be great. And we're gonna videotape it. Or go to Yemen Cafe, get some of that fucking tea. Oh yeah, it's good tea. Oh. Yeah, like if you think Coke has a lot of sugar, <laughs> this tea is pretty much just liquid sugar you pour into your gullet and you accept with vigor mm-hmm. and rigor. All right. We got one more piece of advice. Are you excited? I'm excited. Oh, it's fatty again. Oh, uh, do you have, do you, if you could only eat one thing for the rest of your life, what would it be? Spicy chicken sandwich. Wendy's. You're welcome. One thing. Man, that's tough. It is tough. Like the spicy chicken sandwich is good because it's savory. Mm. It's like juicy. It's got a kick to it, but it's also homey mm. and and fresh because they really pile on the lettuce and the tomato. Yeah. But it's also got a bit of that sugary sweetness in the mayo. It's, it's the world's perfect sandwich. Mm. I don't know if I could pick just one thing. Okay. Like, what's the most satisfying thing? Like, you eat, like, even a portion of it, and you're like, it's been a good day. See, I have lots of things like that. What's the last thing you ate that just put a smile on your face? Mm. Uh, like, Thai food? Thai food? Yeah, like a big plate of uh, Pad Thai curry. Yeah. So those thick, savory noodles. The thing I love most about Thai food restaurants, mm-hmm. they never skimp on the portions. Mm-hmm. You order a meal there, and you're having that meal twice. Yep. You know, and it's reasonable, and it's delicious, and there's a spice to it, so it keeps in the fridge pretty easily with mm-hmm. the, it's the mild warm-up. Thai food's the way to go when you're getting carry-out and you don't care. Thank you. Thai food is a savory dish. So, if, you know, if every day... For the rest of your life, like that was your food, you know. I mean, I, I mean, I would, I would be all right with that. That would insane. be sad about missing out on other things, sure. But that would be true with anything, sure. And uh, but in the grand scheme of things, uh, of all things, I mean, that's the most satisfying. It's a pretty well-rounded meal to choose. Yeah, you know. I'm glad we got to the bottom of that, Fatty. Fatty's gonna be eating well tonight. He's going to be like, I'm going to get some Thai food, and then I'm going to go to Nash Pit, and I'm going to eat my Thai food there. Outside the door, because they're always closed. <laughs> so, we're we're doing this. That was the end of advice time. Okay. And I just want to take a little break to talk a little bit about Ian's Cult Kitchen. Mm. And this, Speaking of food. Yeah, that's right. And the Sneaky D specials, that codenamed Scott Crisp. Mm-hmm. So, for the Ian's Cult Kitchen, you know, I'm extremely excited about this. We're going to be producing video, just uh, 10, 15 minute kind of clips. Yeah. You know, no more than 15 minutes. Yeah. You know, basically cooking tutorials, Mm -hmm. but themed after your favorite uh, movies and basically Scott cast topics in a way. Yeah. You know, mostly, mostly like crazy movies and like, We'll have companion Scott casts about it, like where we talk a little bit more in detail about everything. Yeah. But these things are going to be like 10, 15 minute long episodes, clips, mm-hmm. and it's going to be fantastic. 
what do you think we should do first? Like, if you had to pick one. I can't even remember what's on our list. We got a few things on our list. We got... Uh, we got a few Jurassic Park options. Mm-hmm. You know, the your your buddy, the one on the internet, already made a already sea made bass. the sea bass. Yeah, yeah, already made the sea bass and looked delicious. And I think I would mm. I would eat that. I would eat that deli- sea bass. But but that's not an option for us because we don't want to just copy what he did already right. so well. So we were thinking goat leg. I was thinking go leg. <laughs> you know, we got all these halal restaurants, uh, not restaurants, uh, grocery stores around us. Yeah. It's not hard to get a huge chunk of goat. We can get, um, get a whole goat. If we we can get a whole goat. We can get a whole goat and we could find a way to, you know, make it a, make it a meal that looks just like the, the occurrence in Jurassic Park when the leg falls upon the ex- Explorer sky yeah. roof. You know, it, it would be delicious. It would be good, and I, I think it would it would it would attract a lot of viewers. We can wait for a sunny day and cook it inside your diaper barge. <laughs> I can cook it in the diaper barge. It'll be great. <laughs> you know, steam it really. <laughs> and then uh, Savelle's car has a sky roof, mm-hmm. moon roof, glass on the top, so we'll film it. By uh, throwing the leg upon her, yeah, upon her car. She has insurance. Like, she's got insurance, and we'll just say we're filming the sky, and she'll set it up, and then we'll just quickly throw the leg. And I'm like, what are you gonna do? Delete the footage? Come on, it's great footage, you know. She's gonna, you know, she's she's done work for like the Rolling Stone magazine. Yeah, she's worked with big pop artists. Like, how do you think it's gonna be? Like, you know, it's it's like. Like all these movie stars and stuff like that, and then then at the end of her little IMDb list, it's, it's the goat episode of Ian's Cult Kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> you think you'll ruin her career? Is what I'm asking. No, I don't think it, we, she might. Need you know, to be I think if we, I think it would pair well with a fine wine, yeah. such as Sam Neill might produce. Oh, uh-huh, two paddocks. So, oh shit! Yeah, that's what we need to do. We need to get some two packs wine and get Next a goat. Tie-in, man, man alive! We'll finally get Samuel's Who's attention. Fund all this. <laughs> I, I got this. <laughs> I will get it for this reason. I've I've needed a better reason than just buying the wine and mm-hmm. talking about it in the podcast. I needed a better reason than that because you know I don't know if he'd care about that. He wouldn't listen to us for an hour gabbing about wine. Mm-hmm. We're bad at that. But if it was an Ian's Cold Kitchen episode where we throw a goat's leg on a thing and be like two paddocks wine, it's delicious, <laughs> you know, and like really put some effort into the pitch there. Yeah, man, he'd probably retweet that shit, man. You think he'd send us a bottle if we like floated in the idea? I don't know if he'd do that. Because <laughs> like, how many ideas does he get floated? Well, but like, once it happens, man, be like, you know, if you if you like this video and like your followers like this video, just go ahead and send us a replacement for the one we drank while filming this. There you go. You know, we'll talk about it in the pod, and then there'll be another share, man. Boom. We're on Samuel's radar finally, and then once we get on and his then radar, we him the ductator. That's when we get the ductator <laughs> production. Yes, yes, yes. Twenty nineteen, Scott Cast, motherfucker. We're in it to win it. What up? You think we were going to slow down because it was a new year in twenty eighteen? Was a landmark year for podcasting. Fuck you. That's what I say. Oh, <laughs> I try not to curse so much in Scott Cast, but fuck you. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> so that feels like a finale. That feels a little bit like we're about ready for a finale, and we got some content for another episode that we can record right after this. But I feel like that that really In does terms it of for like us. The Ian Cole Kitchen. Uh, oh no! Series. Oh yeah, oh, that could be a finale, or it could be the first one, man. That'd be an epic first one. I don't know. If, I feel like we need a nicer date. Well, I yeah. Yeah, it's been nice recently with what with the climate change and all. Yeah, you know, it's it has been a mild winter. It's, it's it was like fifty five degrees today in January. Yeah, like Michigan. Like Florida doesn't exist anymore. It's just a it's 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 just a the the tip of Epcot. Yeah, and a floating Mickey Mouse head with a python being like, "How do I get here?" Yeah, what else was on our? Uh our list. We got we got one one more little piece of thing that I think we can fit in. Okay. It's a what's what. So it's a news article. Nice. Is it dick news? No dicks this time. Oh. No peni. Damn. No peni. It's from the sun uh, on the United Kingdom. Okay. You know that uh, editorial? Uh, yeah. Okay. A 14-year-old Indonesian boy is said to have laid 20 eggs over two years, with their family saying they have X-ray proof eggs. A boy laying eggs. Mm. It's not even a girl laying eggs. This boy is manufacturing eggs and uh, laying them. Is he a CRISPR experiment? He might be a CRISPR experiment. You know, CRISPR kids. Yeah, CRISPR for kids. <laughs> turn your uh, turn your child into a duck. Both the boy and his family. Claim he's laid 20 eggs in the last two years and state they have an x-ray of one inside his body. Well, that's not hard to accomplish. No, you just put a little golden egg up to your stomach or up the butt, something like that. And you know what? Medical experts remain skeptical of the claims, Mm -hmm. saying it is impossible for the poultry eggs to develop inside a human and believe the eggs have been put inside the youngster. This is kind of a nefarious story, the more you read. Akmal from Gawa, Indonesia, has even been x-rayed with his family claiming this. They say the same. The Sun is a terrible newspaper. Like, how many times have I read that sentence so far? Like, how how do people read the Sun? They've got a word limit, and they're just uh, recycling it in different ways. Exactly. It's just like you got to. That's how you journalize you've got, things. Yeah. You've got a hundred word limit and you've got 10 words to use, it seems like. We're just going to rearrange the whole. Yeah. They've got an x ray. They've got an x ray. I cracked the first egg and its contents was all yellow, no white. A month later, I cracked another one and its content was all white, no yellow. Hmm. A hospital spokesman said, our suspicion is that the eggs were deliberately shoved into Akmal's rectum. Surprise. Yeah, that's probably what's going on. What do you think these people are doing? Like, in what world... I don't know what they're hoping to gain from it. Yeah, in what world does this does this turn out to be a win? Maybe he just wants to be internet famous. I don't know. I mean, Akmal, the internet it's famous leg-laying again. person. They're, they're, uh... Was this posted on Instagram? No, it was. they went to a doctor and tried to get it there. They were like, this boy is laying eggs. I don't know what to do. Trying to get a circus job? Maybe getting a circus job. I don't know what the job market's like in Indonesia, but maybe he's, uh, he's trying to provide for his family. I mean, it could be. But, you know, it's it's hard to shake the fact that it's physically impossible. 
that seems like a <laughs> pretty significant detail. Yeah. yeah, it's like you. I mean, it's like it's like they wish they had a daughter or a duck or a duck. <laughs> <laughs> this duck's laying chicken eggs. Well, okay, maybe no. Actually, no, no. It's a duck egg. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't know what they're. I don't know what they could possibly be gaining from this, unless it's true. What if it is true, and it's like he's they're like Illuminati duck people. Like lizard people turn birds. Maybe maybe they are they're lizard eggs. I mean lizards and birds are quite closely related. Yeah. So lizard eggs are a little more leathery though. They're not like leathery. hard shell really. Yeah, that's true. So this is more of more of a bird man mm-hmm. or a bird boy. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, I don't know. Like, do you have any advice for for these people trying to pass off their son as an egg laying moron? Oh, sounds like the worst case of Munchausen I've ever heard of. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's not typical that they go all the way into he's laying eggs territory. That's a, that's a new one. I guess my advice would uh, be to buy a webcam and just watch his movements. Yeah, you know, let's let's wait for an egg to like come if, out naturally. If stuff coming out of his butt is the thing. Then um, there's people on the internet that want to watch that. I'm sure. That's the way to go. Don't don't spend money on X-rays and things. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't think posting it on the internet's quite the solution. Personally, well, we we don't know their motivations. We're assuming things. That's true. I think. I think what they should do, you know, sell their kid to science. Right? There's got to be some country in the world where that's a legal transaction. You know, move to that country, sell your child to science. <laughs> you know, the scientists will take care of the child because they got a they got they got a golden goose, but instead of golden eggs, it's just normal eggs. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's a scientific marvel right there. So, like, go to that country before you turn it into the doctors who are going to, of course, be skeptical, 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 because they have no way of monetizing this boy's duck eggs, mm-hmm. chicken eggs, I don't, no, foul eggs. They have no way of normal monetizing these eggs. Yeah. Or normalizing them. They just have their little Hippocratic oath, mm-hmm. which is like... How valuable is that to you, really? At this point, you, you you're guilty until proven innocent. At this point, that's that's too far fetched. Like people people trash guilty before proven innocent a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, they like say that's like a that's like a, a offense to you know li- libertine values. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it makes sense. Well, I mean, that's how things operate. Guilty until proven innocent. Well, it should be, well, in America, it's innocent until proven guilty. Well, that's that's what we say. That's what we say. That's not how things work. That's not how we think. It's guilty until proven innocent. And in this case, it should be guilty until proven innocent, because that's an absurd claim. It's an extraordinary claim. It's definitely extraordinary. It's definitely beyond ordinary. Mm-hmm. So what have we learned today on Scottcast here? What did we learn? We learned a lot. We learned uh, learned a little bit about Scott Cat's future. Yeah. We we've passed out advice on social media. We've passed out advice on uh, food and restaurants, and mm-hmm. and we've passed out advice to people with children who are laying eggs. Yeah, you know we. I feel like we're in a very strong spot. Mm-hmm. I feel like Scott Cast is 
um, the rise. I feel like we've been in a dip. I feel like it was fueled by the wretched, terrible month of December. Mm. The month that should never exist. I felt like we had a strong December, though, in terms of casts. We, I mean, despite despite the horrid bitch known as December, yeah. we did do well in December. We did we did provide good content, if not a lot of content. But the damn smarmy toad of December. Mm-hmm. Does not need to exist. If December went away, and everything that came with December also went away, including people born in December, including thoughts had in December, mm. including work done in December, including animals flourishing in December, including celestial events occurring in December, I would be fine. It's worth it. No more December. It's a pointless month. Mm. It's at the end for a reason. Kill December. So that's what I think. I think I feel like that's a good conclusive note for today's Skycast. Okay. All right. See you later, Skycastigators. <laughs>